0: Hey, good morning, and welcome to the Carolina Cabinet. My name is Nat Robertson, and I will be your host as we discuss the news and the newsmakers. We're going to play a little bit of music and talk too, and talk about the movers and shakers around Fayetteville and Cumberland County. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your warning. This is a conservative show and may not be what you hear on other stations. In fact, it may be offensive to those of you on the left. Our mission is to always bring you common sense on the right side of the issues. So, listen, today we've got uh, as cabinet members, Mr. Bill Bowman. Welcome, Bill. Good morning. And Mr. Jay Antoine Miner is back. So, uh, stay with us for a little bit. Listen, while you're here, check us out. Message us, like us, follow us, share us on your favorite social media outlet. We are at the Carolina Cabinet. And if you miss an episode, the Carolina Cabinet is also on your favorite podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and uh, whoever your favorite podcast broadcaster is. So listen, don't go far. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Since 2012, Joshua Goodman has been the senior pastor at the Cliffdale Christian Center, a dynamic church and ministry located in West Fayetteville. Join our friend, Pastor Goodman, for a podcast or a live sermon in person at 6427 Cliffdale Road. Now, for today's good news, here is Joshua Goodman.
2: Good morning from the All-American City. This is Pastor Joshua Goodman, and have I got some good news for you. In a time when so many want to unpack, they want to talk about, discuss the problem, circumstances, and situations, all of the negative stuff, I'm going to give you some good news. Friends, spring has officially sprung. And we have had some beautiful weather outside. Man, get outside, enjoy the things our city, our state, have to offer. As we speak, I'm with my sons in the Great Smoky Mountains in Nanahalia National Park. We're camping, whitewater rafting, hiking, And just plain exploring. So you may not know this about me, but I have two bookend boys. My oldest is 28 and about about to be married next week. My youngest is 11. To watch my youngest jump from rock to rock in the middle of the river or run way ahead on the trail just to see what is around the next bend. Oh, how it makes me think of the opportunities we have to explore and to discover. Whether it's new activities here in our own city, perhaps going to a new park or a new playground, Clark Park or maybe the Cape Fear River Trail, going downtown and eating outside right next to Hay Street. So many opportunities to explore and to discover. It reminds me that it's the same way with my Heavenly Father. We have so many opportunities to explore new things about Him. Listen, friends, maybe you've been hurt or tragedy has struck during this time. It is the case with so many. But listen, listen, listen. Don't let the past keep you from the wonderful adventure that your future holds in him. Jesus says in Matthew chapter six, ask, and it will be given unto you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened unto you for everyone who asks, receives. And to him who seeks, He finds, and the one who knocks, to him it will be open. Or what man is among you who, if his son asks for bread, gives him stone? Or if he asks for a fish, gives him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask of him? And my friends, that is your good news for today
1: conservative talk radio in eastern north carolina you're listening to the carolina cabinet this is the morning show your daddy wanted you to listen to
0: And speaking of the home team, welcome back to the Carolina Cabinet. On the telephone, we've got Miss Victoria Huggins, who is the um, spokesperson for our Fayetteville Woodpeckers. Welcome, Victoria.
3: And hello to you, Nat. It's such a joy to be a part of this with all of you. And hello to everybody listening.
0: Hey, thanks, Victoria. I certainly appreciate you joining us. So excited to talk to you. I've got so many questions to ask you about the stadium, about downtown development, about the ball team itself, about opening day, about how can we get tickets. So, <laughs> so, oh my gosh, I hope you wrote all those down.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> you know, everybody keeps talking about how they're so excited that it's finally spring and the season of blooming. I'm excited that it is finally baseball season. We've been waiting for this for a year.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, we have, since uh, the season ended a year and a half ago. Oh, yeah. So um, so tell us, so excited about Segra Stadium. What a beautiful, beautiful place for us downtown. Um
3: Thank you. We are quite proud of it, knowing that we're going to be able to see our fans in the stands. Once again, makes our hearts just swell with so much pride and anticipation. We have been working constantly to ensure that we have everything ready to be the best fan, safe experience.
0: And when is opening day?
3: May the 11th. So if you don't already have that date on your calendars, make sure you go right in right now because that's going to be the day to be in Segar Stadium.
0: Are there still tickets available for May 11th?
3: So the great thing is, is that this coming Monday, we are going to be selling um, individual tickets for games online. So nice. if you haven't already snagged your season tickets and you want to just pick out regular individual games, hmm. then that's going to be the day that you're going to want to start getting that all blocked off on your calendar and purchasing them.
4: So much fun. Yeah. So much fun. Speaking of uh opening day and, and ticket purchase, this is J Antro Minor again. Um I, I got a question. I know last year uh due to COVID restrictions, everything was suspended. Yes. Th- those uh uh season ticket holders, uh mm-hmm. what happens to those season tickets that did not get utilized last year? Does that roll over to this year or do they need to purchase new season tickets?
3: Our ticketing account executives have been working constantly ever since the pandemic affected us last year to most importantly take care of our season ticket holders and protect their investment. So they have already been speaking with them all year in order to roll over their tickets, or if they chose not to renew or roll over those tickets, they dealt with that accordingly. But we're very thankful that we have all of our season ticket holders, um, for the majority, with only a few exceptions that we had in 2019 and 2020, to join us back again for 2021. And I know that that pool of numbers of uh, season ticket holders is only going to increase, especially since, you know, Fort Bragg, we're always welcoming new families. And with uh, Fayetteville's economy and um, the impact that we have in our region of the state, always growing with new people, right. we're gonna, just going to see even more people come into Segger Stadium.
0: No, I'm sure, I'm sure. And so, one of the most impressive parts when you know we go through there is to see the kids zone. So, tell us, uh, you know, what what ages actually can go in there and play and um, you know, Because it's a family affair. You go out and you watch the game and the kids can run around. You don't have to worry about uh, security and that kind of thing while you're in the park, right?
3: Oh, yes. So the Mellow Mushroom Kid Zone is um, definitely one of the highlights of our ballpark that our younger fans especially appreciate. And you can find that over there on the third base side, um, right behind the pitching area where um, all of our pitchers are warming up in the bullpen. But yes, if they're twelve years or younger, they're able to go inside of the kids' zone and we have um, part time staff that is stationed there to always keep an eye on the safety and health of your children. So all of our fans, no matter how old they are, can have a wonderful time. Even if baseball isn't necessarily their thing. One thing that I'm really proud of at Segar Stadium is that we appeal to everybody. So if you're a Harry Potter fan, come to Wizarding That's Night. Great. If you're a Star Wars fan, come to Star Wars Night. If you just want to come and get some really amazing um, fajita nachos, Mm. then you can get that as well. We (laughs) offer a little bit of everything right in the heart of downtown Fayetteville. And if you would have told me when I was a little girl that downtown Hay Street was going to have a $40.2 million stadium that was going to bring in a quarter of a million people to Fayetteville, I would have told you you were crazy. So it is such a blessing to be able to have this for our community and to bring even more people into Fayetteville. (laughs)
5: we're
0: we're laughing because bill's just bill i don't know where bill
5: is (laughs) i I, 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 i'm i'm back when she was 10 years old singing the national anthem at my 10th anniversary
0: (laughs) hey victoria so uh uh, kim and i have been out many times but uh, talk to us about the food because i think you guys have added some uh some new food vendors right
2: oh yes
3: so uh, one of the things you know when you're waiting around for the season to happen we had a little bit of extra prep time that's what we're kind of calling it as far as enhancing some of the things that our fans love at Segar stadium and one of those is our food so if if you do love our macaroni and cheese hot dog don't worry (laughs) that has not gone anywhere but we are going to be offering pizza and there's going to be another um, option where you can actually walk up to a vending machine of sorts So if you don't want to just wait in line at Bagwell's Burgers or whatever, you can go over to that area on the third baseline side, and you can order um, something that's right there already pre-made and ready just for you for that day.
4: Oh, that's awesome. What what, what about the uh, popcorn, peanuts, and Cracker Jacks? (laughs) Are, are, Are those in high demand?
3: Oh, those are never going to go. Away. I mean, it is in the iconic song, so of course we've got to. All
4: have right,
5: Antoine, let's talk <laughs> about the beer. I want to talk about the beer. <laughs>
3: well, of course, Healy's is the place to be, and of course, my dad's favorite night of the week that we offer in our promotional nights is Thirsty Thursday. Right. Where else can you go in Fayetteville or in North Carolina, for that matter, and get you a beer bat? which is a bat that you can fill up with whatever choice of Healy's beer that you can get, or you can get a $2 beer. So that's You,
4: you a- just excited Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, come back! Right. He's, his mind <laughs> is on that beer bat. That's
0: no it. No kidding. Oh, that's so much definitely,
3: fun. They're definitely top sellers, I tell you. But, it, of course, my favorite night of the week is um, what we used to call in 2019 was our Make a Difference Mondays. This year, um, with a new restructured schedule, um, we have rebranded into We Care Wednesdays, where we actually partner with a local Fayetteville, Cumberland County nonprofit or organization that does charitable work. And if any of our fans come that night on We Care Wednesday and give a donation to that charity that we have partnered with that night, they will receive a discounted ticket. Oh, that's so great. further emphasizing our love of community and further um, strengthening our impact that, with our
0: philanthropy. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah it is. <laughs> hey, Victoria, what, what all kind of uh, what's going on around the stadium there as far as development and that kind of thing? What are what are we seeing since COVID? Is is downtown back alive?
3: Well, I think that as with everywhere in North Carolina, we are slowly enjoying seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. Um, One of the things that we're especially fond of as the woodpeckers' front office staff, because we have been running like chickens with our heads cut off to get ready for opening day, we're so appreciative of the coffee scene that just opened up (laughs) in downtown Fayetteville. Our downtown neighbors that are right in front of the stadium we definitely um, keep them in business.
0: (laughs) And one of the very first businesses that opened downtown, so they were kind of the anchor. They were the guys that uh, got the whole redevelopment piece started.
3: Oh, yes. And, of course, we have such strong ties with Cool Spring downtown and then all of our different businesses that we're neighbors with. Um, we, We value them so much, and we appreciate them sticking through COVID with us. Um, we've kind of banded together and supported one another, and now we're looking forward to seeing people walk hand-in-hand in, hand in downtown um, Hay Street, walking to a baseball game, stopping in and getting them a cup of coffee, going in a, um, into, you know, all the little shops, the mom-and-pop stores, and supporting their businesses as well.
5: That's so awesome. Victoria, out of those 60 games, how many of them are home games?
3: Well, all 60 of them are home games, but the other 60 are away games.
5: So they're playing 120 total.
3: That is 120 total. Very good math there, Mr. Good, good. (laughs)
5: Uh, Where's the – We
3: have a 70-game season, but we were very grateful that we only lost 10 games um, with the current restructured schedule. But the exciting thing that we always make sure and let our fans know is that – If we are successful, as we were in 2019, as the Southern Division champion of the Carolina League, then we (laughs) can more baseball with the postseason, so that hopefully this time there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The Woodpeckers reign as champions.
2: That's awesome.
0: (laughs) That is awesome. Speaking of champions, Victoria we've got a queen among us congratulations <laughs> no, no what, not- what, 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 what are you looking at <laughs> antoine for <laughs> no, what not you antoine. Not at <laughs> <laughs> victoria congratulations on uh, being the azalea queen
3: thank you so much i was so honored when the north carolina azalea festival extended that opportunity to me. For 74 years, they have impacted this state, and I have always been a lifelong admirer of the festival, and typically, they have Hollywood stars um, from Catherine Grayson all the way um, to Felicia Rashad and Kelly Ripa and Fox News anchors and all of these really incredible people who have done amazing things. And Victoria. And they chose me. (laughs) I couldn't believe it, but it made me really proud because I am the first woman who was a former Miss North Carolina, former Miss Fayetteville, former Miss Wilmington, um, and a woman from the sports industry that was chosen to serve in this prestigious ambassador position. And I didn't even have to interview for it. I was chosen based off of my life's accomplishments. So definitely a top-of-my-list honor that I will hold dear to my heart.
0: That's great. and I know you feel good about that. That's so awesome.
3: Well, it's been three years, Nat, since I had a crown on my head. So let's just say I was really excited to have my favorite accessory back on top
0: of my head again. That's so funny. Victoria, what did you do as Azalea Queen?
3: So this year, of course, we couldn't do all of the major public gatherings that we are used to. Normally, hundreds of thousands of people flock to downtown Wilmington for the Azalea Festival. But because of COVID, we had to do a more intimate version of the festival. So in honor of the 74th anniversary, we did 74 appearances at different locations that were unannounced to the public of where we were going to show up. So it was kind of like, where's Waldo? never knew where Victoria and the limo and the Wilmington PD were going to show up. So it was amazing. And then the festival gets to extend... July and August for the larger public event so hopefully everyone's healthy everyone's vaccinated and we can party together and
0: you'll be back and you'll spend another week on another 174 events this time
3: I know, hey, I know, it's such a burden to, you know, be the longest reigning queen Azalea ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Now, Victoria, you have worn other crowns in the past. Tell us uh, something about your your beauty pageant history.
3: Aw, oh, thank you. Well, of course, um, my claim to fame is being Miss North Carolina in 2017 mm-hmm. and 2018, to which I am so grateful for that opportunity, and I am debt. Free from college because of that opportunity, oh, that's awesome. I'm awesome. currently getting my master's degree online through UNC Pembroke. So my dad never has to write another check for my education ever again. That's so he's great. very excited about that. I
0: bet. I <laughs> bet.
3: And then, of course, uh, for all the people listening, I began my pageant um, career as an adult as Miss Fayetteville. In 2013, mm-hmm. and of course, you never forget your first. And uh, I absolutely adored being the queen of the All American City and, and represented
0: Fayetteville so well.
3: Ah, thank you, thank you. And of course, that ignited and really launched my um, public platform. I had always been an uh, advocate for Alzheimer's disease, but um, being Miss Fayetteville, I was able to speak on a more public platform about these families and the challenges that they go to and how music can actually be one of the leading therapies for this disease. So um, I've been very grateful and blessed that it all kind of started there in Fayetteville and then it increased when I was Miss North Carolina to speaking on the floor of the legislature at the General Assembly and then being featured in People magazine when I was at Miss America for my impact um, with this cause. That so, is so awesome. Yes, sir. That's something I'm very, very proud of and passionate about, and I'll start it all started at the Fable Walks in Alzheimer's. So,
0: <laughs> well, we're very proud of you. So, thank Definitely. you, thank you for your work and and everything that uh, everything you've done. You know, quite honestly, you've been so active in the community, um, even without the crown. Um, you're you're just a you're a great asset to the city of Victoria. Thank you so much for everything. Definitely. you do. Thank you. Well,
3: I'm. The most wonderful title that I will ever have is being the daughter of Terrell and Beverly Huggins, and with my dad being a former military man, 42 years mm. in the Army National Guard. Um,
4: thank, him for thank him for his service. Yes.
3: I certainly will. They they both instilled in me that it was more important to dedicate your life to service and doing good for other people and Absolutely. That has shaped my life into being the woman that I am today. They
0: raised you right, yeah.
3: Yes, yes, they did. I'm very proud of them and very grateful to be their daughter.
0: So, Victoria, let's jump back and uh, wrap up about uh, the woodpeckers and tell us, like, if we just want to do a single game ticket, say for a couple, uh, what, what what kind of money are we talking about? I the availability.
4: Hear date night. I hear date night. Date night. That's that exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly what it Nat is. Nat wants to go on a date night.
3: Oh, yes. Well, date night is always a popular one among all of our uh, fans, whether they're teenagers or whether they're like you and Kim. And they've been around the base a few times uh, in years of marriage. But um, we definitely have tried to structure our ticketing um, based upon the health guidelines. And also, we understand that our fans had a difficult time through COVID, just like we right. did. So. We removed a lot of the price tags that were more high up in the higher echelon, and we tried to make it a more even playing field so that we could have even more people, no matter their economic status, to come in and have a safe night at the ballpark, and those tickets start at $10. Oh
0: wow, That's great. That's real good. Yeah, it is. That's real good.
3: So, for instance, if you have a family of four, you and your wife want to bring your two children or... Maybe you want to have a double date night, like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Then y'all could come to the ballpark for $40.
4: That's great. And still be able to afford popcorn, peanuts, and cracker jack.
3: Right. Oh, and hmm. don't forget going by the Bird's Nest team store and getting your woodpecker swag. I know that Bill Bowman is just itching to go and get the latest face of
5: woodpecker
0: <laughs> You need to sell woodpecker crowns
5: and let Bill come buy one of those. <laughs> You guys are all laughing, and I I know there's thousands. And
3: we do have t-shirts that have plenty of sparkle
0: on them. For (laughs) Bill.
5: Well, you know, uh, during your reign, you know, there's thousands and thousands of uh, photographs of you out there, and I know you've signed thousands and thousands, but I'm the only one in Fayetteville that has you on a Kraft macaroni and cheese box. (laughs)
3: Yes, sir. Autographs,
5: and and I may I may take that to the care clinic and auction it off. See how much money I can get for it.
0: (laughs) After hanging with you, she's lucky she's not on a
5: milk carton. (laughs) Good good point. Good point. (laughs)
0: Victoria, thank you so much for hanging out with us, and I hope you'll come back.
3: Absolutely, and I can't wait to see you and everyone who's listening to this podcast at our stadium. We're hopeful that the mandates will continue to be lifted so that we can have even more fans in the stands. I want to see that ballpark full to the brim just like we had in 2019 where we can spread joy and hopefully spread a little bit of goodness and kindness in our world once again in our ballpark starting in the very home of the all-american city so thank y'all so much for having me today
0: Thank thank you we'll talk to you again
5: soon we're proud of you thank you
1: Swing, batter bada, bada swing, batter bada, bada swing. Swing, batter bada, bada swing, batter
5: bada, bada swing, batter bada, bada swing yeah. Strike one, hey baby,
2: do you come here often? Strike two Hey baby now watch your sound.
1: News, weather, sports, and common sense talk in the morning. Grab another cup of coffee and settle in for more of the Carolina Cabinet, Eastern North Carolina's sexiest conservative talk show.
0: And I'm not real sure why Bill was laughing during that. What? You don't think we're, we're all sexy here in the room? We're <laughs> the uh, sexiest people in Carolina. That's right.
4: Start
5: talking about crowning queens. Yeah, more specific. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I looked really.
4: what is he trying to say?
0: Well, welcome back to the Carolina Cabinet. With us today, uh Mr. Bill Bowman from Up and Coming, and Jay Antoine minor Yeah, yeah.
4: How are you, sir? Doing well. How about yourself?
0: Doing great. Doing great. And uh, we're fortunate enough to have Mr. Earl Vaughn on the telephone, Earl Vaughn Jr. And uh, Earl, before you start, I want to make sure you're welcome properly. So here's your intro.
1: The Sports Doctor is in the house. The Carolina Cabinet welcomes back the all-knowing guru of the sports world, Doctor Earl Vaughn Jr.
6: Hey, hey. that's frightening. <laughs>
5: And and, and Earl is not TV (laughs) For that
0: And of course the fun thing is Of course we have given you Our honorary PhD So you are Dr. Earl Vaughn Jr. To us
6: Well thank you That's the only one I'm ever going to get At this stage of my career (laughs) Earl
0: there's so much going on In in sports Now we just finished uh, talking to Victoria Huggins Of the uh, Fayetteville Woodpeckers and she told us a lot about what's going on with the season, about the great food and stuff down there in Segra Stadium. Have you been to any of the games?
6: I have not. I'm not had to have the opportunity to uh, you know to attend, but certainly uh, Segra has very short period of time gained a reputation as one of the nicest facilities of its type, and of course, just with the the location, the downtown location, I just think that was an excellent. Decision on the part of those people that were behind doing that.
0: There were some smart people behind that, that's for sure.
6: Downtown. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that was a great great decision to put it you know right right in the heart of town. So, uh, but yeah, Segra is definitely a a, a place that uh, you know people are gravitating to, and uh, thankfully that we are going to be able to to get back and actually return to playing uh, playing uh, uh, minor league baseball this year. So uh, great addition to the downtown scene.
0: So Earl, that's a great opportunity. Maybe uh, you can be my guest. We'll go down. We'll watch a ball game and uh, eat some uh, cracker jacks and peanuts and, and popcorn and popcorn. And if Bill Bowman's there, we we can watch him drink a beer
5: from a bat. <laughs> Absolutely.
6: <laughs>
0: so, what's going on in uh, what's going on in your world?
6: Well, uh, I've been concerned this past week uh, or so with some issues uh, involving the state legislature trying to insert itself into the operation of the North Carolina High School Athletic Association. Mm. And while I respect the right of the legislature to do that, I'm deeply concerned uh, after watching a hearing uh, that took place last week uh, in Raleigh with um, legislators from both the, the, the House and the Senate uh, in questioning at length uh, Q. Tucker, the commissioner of the North Carolina High School Athletic Association, and several members of her staff. Uh, and i got to be honest with you, this is one of the strangest, if you want to call it an investigation, that I've ever heard of. I, I don't think I've often heard of a legislative body investigating an organization for having too much money on hand, hmm. being well run, and not wanting to spend outlandish amounts of it uh, with with no guidance or oversight.
0: So are they doing hearings and and so forth in Raleigh?
6: Yes, they had a legislative hearing last week with a, 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 a joint committee of, of the House and Senate, and they had the, the commissioner and members of her staff in for a, a lengthy, it was about a two-hour uh, question and answer questioning session. But Basically what the, what the, the sticking point is, uh, the North Carolina High School Athletic Association oversees public school athletics in this state, 421 schools, literally from Maniota Murphy. Mm. are under its watch. And they oversee the total athletic program, uh, schedule state playoffs, determine champions in, in something close to 20 different types of sports. And uh, it's, it's a tremendous uh, undertaking. And this is a job they've done for over 100 years. And during uh, the last several years, they have become very concerned about making sure that they have enough budget available to help deal with tra- traumatic times, like we're dealing with right now with, with, with the COVID pandemic.
0: And the General Assembly is saying is that money is excessive.
6: Yeah, yeah. They, they've got $41 million wow. in, total, in total assets. And part of that money is in what's called an endowment fund that was built specifically to deal with emergency situations to help prevent the possibility of our athletes having to pay to play. Mm-hmm. It's something that you see frequently in, in a lot of other states around the country. Sure. Well, part of the problem that that didn't—I don't think—got across in the hearings last week. That forty-one million dollars is not actual money in the bank that you could write a check for tomorrow. Not all of that money is available for the total operating budget or for distribution directly to the schools. There's about fifteen point eight million of that money that is donor-directed endowment fund.
0: What does that mean?
6: Be sp- That means that that money cannot be spent except for the interest that is earned on that money.
0: Right, okay, gotcha.
6: Also, it can can only be spent on specific programs, like, for example, scholarships that the NCHSA gives out, or its Hall of Fame, which I'm a member of, and which they will be recognizing a new class of Hall of Fame inductees uh, this weekend, or for other specific causes designated by the donor groups that created those endowment funds. The other thing, too, the NCHSA has what's called a quasi-endowment of board-directed funds that amount to $10 million. That amount has just dropped to $6 million because just last December, before the legislature started poking around into this, the board voted to give $4 million back to the school's to help them deal with the COVID pandemic. Hmm. So they're not just sitting on this money.
0: Well, and that's that's about half the money right there.
6: Yeah, right, of that uh, quasi-endowment. So I'm I just uh, i just mystified at why the legislature would want to mess with this, because this is a well-run organization. I have uh, been working in media for nearly 40 years. During that time, I had regularly attended board of directors meetings of this organization in Chapel Hill, Every year until last year, because of the pandemic, they make visits around the state at regional meetings in all eight regions of North Carolina. And they've come here to Fayetteville numerous times over the years for that regional meeting. They meet with local school officials, principals, superintendents, athletic directors, and they share with them the same information in face-to-face meetings. They're readily available to answer questions uh, and, and try to deal directly with everybody's problems. So this is a very transparent group. Uh, they have their integrity has never been questioned. Yes, from time to time they make decisions that upset people, because when you're dealing with schools sometimes and you've got this many, as I said, 421 schools, right. you have to make decisions that are going to upset some folks.
0: Is it somebody in the General Assembly's just got a, a, a um, uh, <laughs>
2: Earl
5: or or do Earl, is, is it is it they don't want to fund? them anymore and they're trying to make a case against funding them
6: no 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 they don't fund them at all they don't get any taxpayer money then, then what to so, nat's question then
5: who somebody's got a spur in their yeah yeah who who brought this up and
6: why is it an issue i will tell you the very simple answer to it uh, representative tom mckinnis who represents the anson richmond i think part of moore county possibly i can't remember for sure but anyway i know he represents anson and richmond counties he is one of the prime movers of this because two years ago, his high school, Anson High School, was involved in a football game with Richmond Sr. And there is a rule in the NCHSAA. They have had this rule for a number of years now. They had a problem. They were concerned about a problem with sportsmanship statewide. And with fights breaking out, players getting ejected from ballgames.
0: I think I remember that.
6: Okay. So several years ago, they passed a rule which said if you get three or more players kicked out of a single game or if you get a certain, I think the number was five. I, I, I can't think, remember for sure exactly because thankfully we haven't had that much around here and I haven't had to write about it. But if you get three players kicked out in a single game or five players kicked out over the course of a season in a sport, that team in that sport is barred state playoff competition for that season, no matter how good their record is. Now, two years ago, there was a situation in a game between Anson and Richmond where some kind of an altercation broke out. Anson had multiple players ejected. The film was sent to Chapel Hill, which is where the NCHSA headquarters is. They reviewed the film and determined that more players had violated the rule uh, and should have been ejected than were ejected that night. So they wound up ejecting more players than uh, the rule allowed. And so Ans's football team, which I believe, if I remember correctly, had a 7-3 and record that year and would have qualified from the playoffs, was barred from the playoffs. Well, uh, Senator McInnes represents that, that mm-hmm. district. So it's my understanding that planted the seeds uh, for his frustration at the, the, one of the schools he represents getting booted out of the playoffs. And so that's where all this has started from, and he has found some some allies in the House and the Senate from some other areas of the state uh, to back him up on this. So he, he are they have
4: I'm sorry, this is, this is uh J. Antoine Minor Earl. So it sounds like what you're saying is that he's pretty much having a tension tantrum uh because the team that is in the district where he represents uh did not get to the playoffs. Um I have a question for you though. With the like you said, the poking around that the legislature the legislature is doing, what are there? What are they? What are they asking uh, the the body to do with this money? They, they're having an issue with the fact that they have all of this money or assets on hand. What suggestions are they making for uh, for this money? What do they want to happen?
6: They didn't get specific, but my gut feeling from the tenor of the, of the conversation and the questions they asked was, they seem to think that it should be the responsibility of the state, of the NCHSAA rather, because it's technically not a state organization, that they should reach out to some of the poor, smaller schools in the state and to basically take this money and to help fund their athletic programs, hmm. to help them buy uniforms, equipment, whatever, in some of the areas of the state that are... That
5: now sounds familiar, Earl. It's a money grab.
6: Yeah, and that's the point. My, my, my argument and, and the point I've made in uh, having dealt with the NCHSA for all these years, it's not about working with individual school districts. Their oversight is the entire state. When it comes to the nuts and bolts like equipment and stuff like that, that's the responsibility of local school mm-hmm. boards, uh, local boards of education, local county commissioners. You know, whatever your county uh, or city governments are that deal with education in in your community. That's not the responsibility of the NCHSAA. They are responsible for oversight of the total state program, and they're not meant to look under the hood and try to fix things in one school district or another that that's not what they do
5: well i don't know why uh the joint assembly would spend that much time on it it would seem like uh this representative would want to put a bill together and get it through the system and send it to committee and see if he can get it through well, why would they spend that much time on on this I, I i don't even know why they would even hear it
6: the problem the way that i see it and this is just me and i'm not a politician but i've, I've Dealt with them and met with them and talked with them over the years. Dirty rascal. They see this as a hot button issue with the local folks, where they can score some points, boost their image among their constituency, saying, "Here I am. I'm taking care of the local school." Uh, we're trying- so they're, they're so
5: virtual signaling. They're, yeah, they're politicizing it like everything else in the country right now.
4: So. Yeah. Now, and, now, is this? Re- I'm sorry. Is this representative? Is he? Uh, is the representative that is is pushing this is he is is he or she um conservative or democrat where, where are we at with that
6: all i can say he all i can tell you is he's, he is republican and uh most of the people that were on this committee last week the joint committee uh, are also republicans hmm. so why that's an issue with them i i really you know that's that's them for them for them to say but they seem there seem to be far more Republicans than Democrats. We do have a local member of our delegation on the committee uh, uh, representative Billy Richardson uh, is it was was on the committee and he did ask a couple of questions uh, about it so uh, he he's the only I think local Fayetteville, uh, governmentlin county area person
0: you would think that uh, them wanting less government uh, would be just the opposite uh, they they would be appreciative of the the NCHSAa. Uh, having that money and being able to help out.
6: Well, see, and that's what I don't understand, because let I say this organization is over 100 years old. Uh, they do this because basically a long, long time ago, the state abdicated authority over high school athletics and basically turned to the NCHSA and said, God bless you, you know, we're going to let you go about what you do. For years, the NCHSAA was actually a part of the consolidated University of North Carolina system, but about a decade or so ago, UNC, for some reason, decided they didn't want to be a part of it anymore. So they just kind of booted the NCHSAA out and uh, left them to, to go by their own devices. But they continued to thrive and be successful, uh, despite being separated out from the, uh, the university system.
0: Earl, if this gets through the finance uh, or, or through the, um, the the committee in the House, do you, do you do you think the Senate will hear it? I mean, do you...
6: I, you know, right now, as far as I know, we're, we're still solely in the talking stage. There is no actual legislation pending. Nobody's proposed any bills. The talk I'm hearing through channels, people uh, both at the NCHSAA and uh, other folks in the education system that I've talked to, is they are hoping that the hearing this past week may have thawed the ice a little bit, and there's a possibility that this committee that is looking into this right now may be mollified by the fact if the NCHSA is willing to make a few minor changes here or there on its own without being forced to do so by legislation, that, that things will be improved. One thing I want to mention right quick, uh, the NCHSA gets most of its money from uh, things like uh, uh, fines that are, that are levied on member schools from the annual dues, the membership dues that schools pay. And they also take a small portion of the gate receipts from the playoffs in, in several of the major sports. This year, uh, or this going through to this year, because of the pandemic, the NCHA has not taken any gate money at all hmm. from any of the playoffs, uh, trying to help the schools out and uh, also to you know, j- just to, to deal with the, the situation as best they can. Right. So they are definitely sympathetic uh, to, to what the schools are facing and trying to help them out where they can to, to, to hang on to what little money they, that's available to them. So well, football playoffs are coming up, and that's one of the biggest, uh, normally one of the biggest, of course, with the limited attendance. They're not going to get as much money or won't be getting as much money from that. But, again, they don't plan to take any of that money at all. They're going to leave all of that. Uh, with the schools, you know, once once the football playoffs uh, start.
0: Earl, I know from knowing you, you're watching the General Assembly pretty closely. So uh, is there anything else going on, um, you know, uh, I think toward the coast, Onslow County, don't they have uh, a riff going on over there?
6: Yes, we do, and but we actually got some breaking news on that today. Uh, there was a bill that was working its way through the, uh, the House, uh, where, uh, the, a group of Onslow County legislators were upset with the way that the schools in Onslow County were put together in a new conference, uh, for, uh, the next four year period of what's called realignment. Hmm. Every four years, because schools close, new schools open, and there are constant changes, uh, in, in the makeup of the schools around the state, uh, the NCHSAA steps in and aligns all of those 421 schools into conferences. This is always an emotional thing. Uh, A lot of times it leaves people very frustrated with the conference they're put in. And so this time the county government in in Oslo County was so upset with why they were done, they basically introduced a bill that's working its way through uh, House committees right now that would force unalignment of the Onslow County Schools uh, uh, that would go against what the NCHSA had recommended. <laughs> I just heard today from my friend Nick Stevens, uh, who works for high school OT in Raleigh, that Onslow County has gone on the record saying that even if that bill continues to work its way through and is passed, that Onslow County is going to honor the way that they were put together by the NCHSAA Because Good. if they didn't and they turned that over, uh, it would affect all several conferences around the state sure. and looking to the future, if they had other bills of this type that were presented and some were passed and some were not, it would create a very uneven playing field and a lot of problems. So actually I would think that it would be even better if they stay out of this process even more so than the process of the budget.
0: And why is the General Assembly even involved with that? that? That to me sounds like something that should be handled by somebody else.
6: Well, see, that's the thing that I, 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 I sadly think that a lot of these people involved in this don't understand how the NCHSA works. It's governed by a board of directors, not by the central office staff in Chapel Hill. The board of directors of the association is literally made up of principals, superintendents, and athletic directors from every region of this state. We have three representatives on the board from our region right now, from... Uh, um, Troy Lindsay, the athletic director at Grace Creek High School, Vernon Aldrich, who is the student activities director for the Cumberland right. County Schools, and Brian Edkins, who is the principal oh, yeah. at Cape Fear High School. Sure. They are our three representatives from this area on that board. And like I say, this is a group that is educators, career educators from across the state. They're the ones that make the decision about how the NCHSA spends its money and how they do what. The central office just deals with some... Relatively uh, less complicated day to day issues, but the really big ticket issues are dealt with by this board, which represents actual school people from across North Carolina and understand much better how the system works than a group of legislators in Raleigh who have far more important things and far bigger budgets. Wouldn't you think? 41 million of the NCHSA to deal with.
0: Uh, Earl, we've got uh, about two minutes left, so um, tell us what's going on. Uh, all right, spend a minute talking about baseball, uh, because baseball, uh, especially minor leagues, is uh, opening season's coming up. Um,
6: well, let me deal with high school very quickly. We, uh, high school baseball is just getting ready to get started. Uh, it was one of the seasons that was delayed uh, because of the pandemic. Great. Uh, they've just begun practice a couple weeks ago and uh, we'll be playing our first uh, high school baseball games here in Cumberland County uh, starting next week. Perfect. So perfect for those young men to finally get back out on the field.
0: Great. And I know they're ready.
6: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which schools uh, will
4: be starting off the uh, season?
6: Well, uh, I think uh, looking back at, in recent history, Terry Sanford's had the best program in the county over the last few years. Now, last year uh, we got off to a brief start, before the pandemic hit, and uh, the team that was out of the gate fastest was uh, Grace Creek. Uh, they got off to an undefeated start, uh, played only about five games, but one of all uh, before they got started. Yeah. So they're a competitive program. Southview has has long been one of the best uh, programs in the county, of course, going back to the days when uh, Coach Randy Ledford was there and uh, led them to a state championship back in the early 1990s. So uh, we've got to some competitive teams here in the county and looking forward to uh, to an excellent season again this year even though it'll be a little shortened because of uh, the COVID-19 situation.
0: All right. So uh, talk, we've got one minute. So um, tell us everything else that's going on in the world in the next minute, Earl.
6: (laughs) Well, you know, the funny thing, we were going to talk a little baseball last week and uh, and do a little research on that. And the world's kind of turned upside down there. Yeah. So, you know, we – Right now, uh, the two best teams probably in the major leagues are both on the West Coast, Uh, the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers and the uh, San Diego Padres. Hmm. In fact, the Dodgers and the Padres have a big series this weekend. Just last weekend, uh, the Dodgers took two or three from the Padres, and now they've got a big four-game series this weekend. And uh, I heard some people talking today that uh, thinking this is a big series for the Padres to prove that they're going to be able to stand even with the Dodgers. But I agree with the consensus in that it's still a little too early to get too carried away uh, about somebody getting on a hot streak or a cold streak right now, because you know we've still got way over uh, two thirds of the season left to play with baseball being the the longest lasting sport of, of any amount there. So there's a lot of time for somebody to put something together or for somebody to have injuries and see things fall apart. So,
0: so has your pick changed for the World Series? Right, yeah. Sir. has your pick changed for the world series
6: no i'd still have to go with the dodgers if they stay healthy i i, I think they're, they're the team to beat right now but again like i say it's a long season anything can happen
0: hey thanks so much again for joining us this week uh dr earl vaughn who is our regular sports guy here uh, the the guru the doctor of sports uh earl thanks so much for joining us look forward to uh to talking to you again
6: thank you Thank you so much. Y'all have a good time. Do good night. You as well.
0: Thanks again for joining us on the Carolina Cabinet Day. Special thanks to our call-in guest, Victoria Huggins from the Fayetteville Woodpeckers, and also Dr. Earl Vaughn, who is our guru of sports. A regular here on the Cabinet, Mr. J. Anton Miner. And a special guest in the studio today, we had Mr. Bill Bowman from Up and Coming Magazine. Please do us a favor and uh, stop by one of our commercial sponsors this week and let them know that you heard their message on the Carolina Cabinet. Also, send us a message, like, follow, share us on your favorite social media outlet. We are at the Carolina Cabinet. So until next time...